with season two of Project Distinct, the podcast that shows you how to make your efforts stand out so you can move up. Discover what it takes to grow your business and yourself with best-selling author and member of the Sales and Marketing Hall of Fame and the Professional Speakers Hall of Fame, Scott McCain. For those of us who are involved in customer service and creating customer experiences, one of the things that's amazing is that people sometimes don't want to stay in this field. They don't want to deal with customers. They don't want to be a part of customer service efforts. So why would people choose not to deal with customers? For those of us that are on the other side of the fence and we enjoy our customers, it might be hard for us to understand, but it's true that some people just don't want to deal with customers. Why? We're going to talk about that on today's Project Distinct to help us retain and grow our teams so that they might be better able to serve customers. Project Distinct brought to you today by Distinction Nation, where you can receive free resources on what it takes to stand out and move up in a hyper-competitive environment. And the resources are absolutely free. There's a 14-day audio program on how to create personal distinction, workbooks, ebooks, everything you need to learn more about what does it take to stand out with everything you do. And it's free, as I said. Join our nation. Just go to distinctionnation.com for more information. You know, one of the things is I'm out talking about the importance of retaining not only your great customers, but more importantly, perhaps the great employees that you have that serve those great customers. How do we go about doing that? And on a blog site called thoughtcatalog.com, I found a post. It's, it's about five years old, but it's a terrific post. It's Alex Johnson, who wrote a post called The Five Reasons I'll Never Work in Customer Service Again. And it might provide us some insight about why people get frustrated dealing with customers, why some of our team uh, just can't do it, just don't deliver. Why is that? Here's Alex Johnson's five reasons he's never going to work in customer service again. And the number one reason that he, li- that he lists is that no one calls because they're happy. I mean, think about the people that have frontline responsibilities with your customers. If a customer talks to them, either they're looking to fill a need that isn't currently filled or to obtain something they want that they currently do not have, or when they call a call center or when they come in for a return or they have a complaint, nobody does it because they're happy. Uh, Alex Johnson writes here, number one, obviously the fact that such an innate reality of the job is one of the worst parts is really telling. You may not be happy, but ostensibly the reason that you called is to be helped, not to fire blanks at a faceless voice that's getting less and less sorry that you're having trouble by your expletive. Man, you know, all you got to do is to go on social media and see how many people are upset with the world. Uh, it's just incredible. I, I, I was joking yesterday. I'm, I'm still here in Boston at the LPL Financial Conference, and uh, one of the financial advisors was talking with me about his desire to get more involved in social media. And I said, get prepared, because you could put on social media, the sky is blue, and there's going to be somebody that's going to come on and post, you idiot, didn't you look outside? It's cloudy today. How do you know the sky is blue? It's not where I am, you know, and and launch into a tirade. There are so many folks out there that, that, that are just ready and waiting on something to complain. 
So it says here, quote, having to call a customer service line sucks. It's a hassle. You might even have to plan your day around. You dread having to do it. Things should work like they, they are supposed to. But the person that you're online, you know, one of the things I realize is, right, the person I'm talking to, they didn't create the problem. They're there to help me solve the problem. Yet the way people treat them is not a, an incentive to continue to work in the field. He writes, number two, some people just call to talk. Uh, he, he writes, this might even be more traumatizing than the anger junkies because it's so sad. In fact, life, he says, is often lonely. But what world is talking to your customer service rep a better remedy than getting a dog or a cat? <laughs> That's so true. But it, it, it is incredible because the longer the call goes, the more and more that your customer service representatives can get sucked in. And, and that's true in retail. It's true in just about anything we do. The longer the dialogue goes on on a customer complaint, the more likely our team is to get sucked into their problems rather than solving the issue at hand. Here, though, at number three is the one that he lists that I think is the most critical for all of us involved in customer service and the customer experience. And that is, he puts it in, in, in such great terms, efficiency and actual customer service don't mix. I, that really provoked my thinking because all the talking that I do, I'm, I'm getting ready. I'm, I'm in my hotel room. I'm at the Westin Waterfront in Boston. And a beautiful morning, I'm looking out on a gorgeous, the gorgeous skyline of, of Boston. And one of the things that I'm going to be talking about with a couple hundred financial advisors this morning is about how to create greater client experiences. But yet one of the challenges that's just baked into this is that efficiency, or what we consider to be efficiency, and the actual customer experience don't mix. Here's the way it's put in the blog post. Quote, contrary to overwhelming majority, some people actually call because they want help. They've carved out time to listen, be patient, and wonder of wonders, miracle of miracles, have their problems solved, unquote. But he puts here, the problem with the gold standard of callers is the reverse uh, in that you want to keep talking to them. You don't want to go back out in the cold. What you want to do is to engage somebody that really looks forward to help. That It's not the problem there. The, the challenge is that it it's these people that you take the time to serve and you help, and it's not really efficient. You know, think about efficiency. Uh, efficiency, for example, the drive-through restaurant. In one of my earlier books, I, t I talked about the fast food company I worked for that decided everything that, uh, you know, they bought into that old mantra that I think is so ridiculous that only we can only manage what we can measure. Have you heard that? We can only manage what we can measure. Well, here's the problem. Some of the things that inspire customers, some of the things that customers really want are, are the immeasurables. Uh, the fast food company was was trying to improve its service at the drive-through, so it decided what people really wanted was fast service. So everything was based on the metric of from the time we took their order to the time they got through the drive-through. How do we make that as fast as possible? Well, the interesting dichotomy was the the restaurant that they awarded for being the fastest drive-through in the system also later then experienced a, a, a significant erosion of business. Why? Because in the haste to increase efficiency, the getting people through the line, orders were delivered incorrectly. 
you know, people that ordered a burger without onions got a burger with onions because it was just what was in the queue. Uh, they got them through the line. The service was not nearly as friendly because, you know, asking how someone's day was or thanking them a second time just added time to the process. It became inefficient to give warm and friendly and inviting service. So what we have to understand is sometimes it's the immeasurables. In my latest book, Iconic, I go on this rant about NPS scores and, and how there's inherent flaws in that system. But I think we're so desperate to manage the service experience. We're so desperate to manage our customer experience that we'll even take a flawed system over no system at all. So customer experience, by its very nature, fights back against some of the efficiencies that particularly those trained with MBAs want us to attain and achieve. Number four in the blog post, he says it never ends. You know, it just never ends. Every day when you go to work, there's going to be people who are ready to complain. And he writes number five, and this is, this is sad. He writes, it's hard to believe you're important. Quote, everyone will assure you that you're essential. You're the front line of the business, et cetera. It's probably true to an extent. Your voice is the one the customer most closely associates with the company, and your level of service, experience, patience, whatever, is going to be their foremost personal takeaway for the time being. But he says, honestly, you're not making or breaking anything unless you really overstep. He says, one of the reasons calling customer service is such a drag is that you know you have to. You don't have a choice of internet or power provider, for example, most of the time. You choose one cell phone company over another, and now you get to deal with them for two years. You may hate the hoops you're being made to jump through, but ultimately, we know you're going to have to hop to it. One customer service rep isn't going to make or break the business, he writes. That is incredibly sad to me. Because part of what we all have to do in management and in leadership, an important distinction there between those two, but part of what we have to do in leadership is to make certain our front line knows how essential they are to everything we do. I've mentioned it here before, but it bears repeating. I think one of the saddest, most tragic shows on television is Undercover Boss. I despise that show. And the reason is because it illuminates every week how disconnected top leadership is from the front lines of their very organizations. They don't know what's going on at the front line. And the show illuminates that every single week. If you want to be a great leader, if you want to create distinction in your organization, one of the ways you do that is to understand, learn, and know what's happening out there at your team's front line, whether it's the front line of customer service or the front line of whatever it is that you do you got to know what's going to happen there because unlike what Alex Johnson writes here, the five reasons you'll never work in customer service again, you have to create a team of loyal, engaged, distinctive colleagues. Well, that does it for me for today from Boston, flying back home to Vegas tonight after the speech. I look forward to talking to you over the weekend with new episodes of Project Distinct. As always, thanks for subscribing, thanks for sharing, and I look forward to talking to you again tomorrow on the next edition of Project Distinct. You've been listening to the podcast to help you create distinction so you can stand out and move up. Project Distinct with Scott McCain. To have Scott become your virtual coach and to discover more distinctive resources, check out distinctionnation.com for free videos, posts, and more. 
To have Scott personally deliver his message at your next event, go to scottmccain.com. Please share today's message on social media and make sure to subscribe to Project Distinct on your favorite podcast app. We will see you tomorrow with another episode of Project Distinct. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.